Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. I'm going to turn my volume down a little bit here. All right, much nicer. Some technology has been updated here in the studio. We're excited about that. We're going to be streaming Facebook Live as we do this. We're talking with Ken Mercer today. I'm going to get into that in just a minute. A lot's happened over the past couple of weeks. I just got back in town from Washington, D.C., and look, don't get worried. I'm only trying to go once or twice a year. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to get pulled into the swamp or whatever adjectives people use these days regarding Washington, D.C. But look, I think a lot has been cleaned up. I will tell you in the past year and a half, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my trip. You know, what we do periodically is we get invited to go up to Washington, D.C., typically around the time that Family Research Council holds their Value Voter Summit. That's going on this weekend And so a lot to be said about that. They've got the president speaking. They've got the vice president speaking. They've got Secretary Mike Pompeo. They've got Michelle Bachman, the Benham brothers. Look, I think this is probably the only event that did a better job of the lineup than our event, the uh, Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum a couple weeks ago. But, hey, that's just my opinion. Okay, but they do things big and bold there at Family Research Council, and, and really a lot of our Family Policy Council from a couple, the uh, conference we did a few weeks ago was modeled after what Family Research Council does. So I did get to spend a, a day or so there and was able to go to the White House while I was there. I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, later in the show, but let's get right into the main reason we're here talking about these issues. Our guest today on the Texas Values Report is Ken Mercer. Ken Mercer is a member of the elected State Board of Education. He also served in the Texas House, and his district touches a little bit up into the Austin area, but goes down into San Antonio, where he makes his home. And he spent about a week in the Austin area here just a couple of weeks ago when the State Board of Education had their latest rounds of discussions and votes regarding history and social studies. So we're going to talk about what happened last week a little bit more in detail. But welcome back to the Texas Values Report, Ken Mercer. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure to be here, sir. Well, we're glad to have you on. You know, you have been involved in these efforts and these, you know, conflicts and debates and votes and robust discussion. I will tell you, look, you know, I work primarily on stuff at the state capitol. We get involved in some local legislative stuff from time to time, city councils, county meetings, and so on, school boards. The Texas State Board of Education has got to be one of the most transparent, one of the most open and accessible areas of government that I have seen. And so I continue to be grateful for that body, but also the ability for people to interact and have their voice heard. That was no different two weeks ago. And so just to set things up for people, what's been happening is the legislature ordered, if you will, recommended uh, by statute, excuse me, by legislation, that the State Board of Education streamline their educational standards, particularly in this case on social studies and history, which you could argue was a way to reduce the amount of content that teachers are supposed to teach in the classroom. Some people felt like there was too much being taught in this area. I think a lot of that was politically motivated. Whatever the case may be, that was what the State Board of Education was tasked with doing. Before the State Board of Education got to vote on these things or make decisions, if you will, they were given 
an updated version of what these history and social standards would look, social studies standards would look like based on an unelected group of individuals. And, and that's not a, a, a slight at them. It just is a distinction. They're, um, they're appointed. And Ken, you can tell us a little bit more about how these people get on these work study groups, but they give their recommendations of how these things should be taught in the classroom moving forward. But the State Board of Education has the final word. A big problem that happened is some of the recommendations included taking things out of our teaching, like the fact that the Alamo defenders were heroic, um, not teaching anymore William Travis's letter. And then as we dug a little bit deeper, we saw there's recommendations that references to Judeo-Christian legal tradition and Judeo-Christian being um, relating to biblical law and Moses being a part of the history of our law and government and having an impact on that removing references to the First Amendment, a whole host of things. Thankfully, the State Board of Education had the final work and corrected those mistakes. But Ken, you guys had your work cut out for you last week to really set things straight to keep this work study group from rewriting history. I think you guys did a great job. Tell us a little bit about um, you know what happened and how you saw some of this process, and then we'll talk about... Uh, well, first, tell us how this work study group, these individuals get in this position. Yeah, there, there, there are several groups. Like, There's a group A through E work groups, and really what happens, I, we, we need to do a better job of it. We, we put out a call for experts, and to be honest, what happens, in my opinion, it, it's like all the lobbyists in Austin get, and all the, uh, the, the groups that are probably maybe not our friends. Some are, some are, but it seems like the majority are not people that we, that we would recommend, but we get letters from people that will say so-and-so has a – a master's in this has been teaching for so long, but we don't know what groups they're affiliated with. And and our enemies, who are uh, full-time lobbyists up there, have names of people who apply. And of course, we cannot ask you, "Hey, do you support Texas values? Are you, uh, you know, those kind of things?" But that's how they get on there. But the most important thing is in Texas is I get to vote. No, we that's are elected state board of education. And thank God we get to vote to to correct some things, either intentionally or unintentionally, that happened. Well, let me but ask again, you. Let me ask you, Ken, because I've been asked this a lot about this issue. I would say a lot by a few people. Um, so State Board of Education members can can recommend people to be in these work-study groups, but are there also people that get on those work-study groups that TEA has a role in recommending or, or someone other than the State Board of Education members? Uh, TEA sends a list of people who apply. You know, and, and we can look through that and say, oh, here's here's first grade, here's third grade uh, U.S. history, here's fifth grade Texas history, eighth grade, you know, twelfth uh, grade economics. They get people who apply, and then we get we get to look through them. But you know, the problem is, well, I cannot. If I know that uh, uh, a couple of people from Texas Values apply, if people you recommend, I can help that. I can I can watch for that too. But uh, and by law, we're allowed to have educators, business leaders, and moms and dads. Parents can be on there. I can point someone who's a parent who's just concerned, but we need more of that because uh, the the force we're against is, is the I call an army of full pay, time paid a, a lobbyist up there who who is submitting names and we don't know who's where they came from. We don't know if it came from someone like the Texas Freedom Network, a radical group. Names are coming up there, and uh, but the TEA supplies us the names they give, and from there we're allowed to pick names. Well, not only are we broadcasting on the radio, we're also online through our Facebook Live that's going on right now. So if you want to post a comment, tell us, do you think it's important? Do you support 
the continued teaching of Moses, like Governor Abbott said, as someone that's just one of many figures that relates to law and government. We think it's common sense, but tell us your thinking. Do you think it's right that liberals are trying to stop teaching, stop Texas schools teaching about Judeo-Christian history, the legal tradition, our heritage, religious heritage? Do you agree with that? And are you concerned? Do you do you agree with um, eliminating teaching about the First Amendment. So if you want to comment on our Facebook page, you can do that while we're talking with Ken Mercer, State Board of Education member. So when we started talking, Ken, you mentioned and reminded people the elected State Board of Education gets the final word. You get to vote. And that is extremely important because uh, people in Texas want accountability. They want their elected officials yeah. to be accountable yeah. to them. And so this work-study group, while, you know, there may be some value to those recommendations, whether we agree with them or not. They're not the final word, and they're not the ones that have been through these things. You've been through these issues in these discussions and votes at the State Board of Education, and this decides what's going to be taught in the classroom. And as I was having a conversation with someone earlier this week, not just for Texas, we know that many of the teaching standards and then eventually textbooks are based on what the standards are in Texas. So there's a big influence going beyond our state. Uh, we know the importance and responsibility of that. But the importance of showing up and understanding what you're doing, you and I, I mean, I think this is the third time, 20, 2009 and 10, then 2014 and now 2018, there's been an effort, specific effort by recommendations of these work study groups and liberal activist groups that are doing everything they can to eliminate teaching about our Christian heritage, teaching about Moses, teaching about the First Amendment. I mean, one of the recommendations eliminated just letting the students read the First Amendment of the Constitution. What can be wrong with that? And so, but there is that concern. You introduced some amendments on these issues that ended up passing. Uh, and to your point, it's not over, though. There, There's in November, while the work-study group uh, session and stage has ended, if people want to get involved and testify, there'll be another round of this in November that's going to be very important. The testifiers are so important because we uh, mentioned when I carried the amendment and carried it and it was passed by the majority that said that exactly what you said. Kids do not read the Constitution. And we want them to, instead of having some professor tell you what it says, read it and see for yourself. But the, the, we did have, for example, we had examined the reasons the founding fathers protected our religious freedom and guaranteed with the words, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. We put that in there exactly, exactly what's in the Constitution for kids can read it and then ask them to compare that to the what's called separation church and state. We want kids to be honest and clear thinking and but the other side doesn't want that. They want people to tell you what it says. I think you and I are in favor. We want our kids to read it. Firstly, a first-hand, a primary source document, like the Bill of Rights, to read what it says and then interpret it versus having someone cram it down your throat and say, no, what it really says is this. That's very important, the standards we're doing now. Well, and, and look, I was there. Our team was there all week. Uh, we testified on these issues, and then there was a lot of discussion uh, later, the next day on Wednesday, then there was final votes taking on Friday. And a lot of the attention was on the Alamo and Travis's letter, and and rightly so. I mean, and, and that's the problem sometimes with these 
um, work study groups or whatever, they make some of these recommendations and then they get to go home and they don't really have to answer any of the questions now about why they made some of these changes. Now, one of them ended up, uh, I don't know how his name came out or, or, or how it came to be. He ended up doing some media interviews and you know, at some point he was like, well, and I think, you know, I want to make it clear. I mean, I don't get the final say on this. These are just recommendations. I mean, I felt like he was seemed to be a little defensive about some of the criticism, but you have to deal with this all the time. That's just a part of dealing with these issues. So you got to make good decisions. These work study groups a few years ago recommended removing Christmas from a list of holidays that we teach about as being significant yes. in our country. And so while sometimes this work may be valuable, sometimes there are people that are part of these study groups, these work panels that make these recommendations that are way ridiculous there and they should be ignored. But that's a check and balance. That's why you have your role to vote on these things. I testified about this and said, look, this is one source of information of what the board may or may not do. But there are other sources that the board should be have the freedom to use and to consider. One of the things we said was, what about the U.S. Supreme Court? What have they said about Moses and our Judeo-Christian heritage? And there are reference to this in a U.S. Supreme Court from Texas— argued by our current sitting governor, Greg Abbott, who argued successfully to keep our Ten Commandments on the Texas Capitol grounds, which which is a source of law and government. And he ended up tweeting about that. There there ended up being a lot of attention on that issue beyond the Alamo. These are foundational issues. If we're going to streamline and reduce amount of what's being taught, let's not eliminate the most important things, right? That's true, because the other side puts out garbage like they'll say that uh, mercer's saying that moses was a founding father so what in the world uh, we're saying that moses mosaic law judeo-christian values and law you know was a key influence you know to our constitution and you mentioned that the supreme court when they, li- they show the list of lawgivers I always mention they have a, all the other lawgivers are side sideways except one guy is full-faced it's moses yeah. you know with the mosaic law the law brought forth and, it, and again, our point is that that law impacted all law. Judeo-Christian values and law greatly impacted the laws we have in our Constitution. And, and the, of course, the other side makes it, they'll say, Jonathan Science thinks that the, Moses was a founding father. It's just r- ridiculous, the arguments they have. But I just thank God we, we get the final vote. We've got a, you had another amendment here about the Judeo-Christian biblical law listed with English common law in, you know, in, impacting our Constitution. That came back to that was a seven to five vote, and I was shocked. I made the motion. Ms. Cargill seconded it, but the, just to make sure, we talked about the American founding fathers, including Judeo-Christian biblical law. Well, that was a seven to five vote. Why? Why was that so close? It's it's just a a fact. You know that imp- and impacts our law. And there's many. Some of the groups came out. I was shocked again. I had to readdress and bring the amendment. Uh, one group in world history again wanted to strike out the Holocaust. And you and I, you know, you and I fought that battle with six years ago, with the national standards and the AP exams. Uh, these groups who want to take the Holocaust out of World War II, and again, we we fought that, we brought that, and carried that back, and, and and won that battle again. But they don't give up; they're very continuous. There's a lot of good people out there, but some people have an agenda, and it's very clear that they're using these standards to, to oftentimes to, to force that agenda, which is wrong. But thank God in Texas, despite what the editorial boards say, they want us to be appointed. Thank God we're elected. We're I'm accountable to you. 
where the 15 members are accountable, and we get to vote. And it's a public, clear, and transparent vote. Well, that's right. I mean, and look, you could hardly get closer to the process at the State Board of Education. You're literally standing in front of all 15 members. You know, when we testify at the state legislature, it's usually a smaller group of the Texas House or Senate and a committee. And once the issue goes to the floor, you're, you know, the public is is separated procedurally from that process, even though you can sit in the yeah. gallery. But so you can stand right there. Only thing that's separating, you know, the the public and the elected officials is a velvet rope and a podium. I mean, and so it's, you know, and, and so that and I've been in that room where it's been crowded before where you can hardly find a place to sit. And so and we live streamed all these things, too, when you guys were voting and debating some of them. So for people that maybe didn't get the T.A. live stream or they weren't there, they could see some of that. And there, I've never seen or heard of any restrictions of any of that happen, even though we've seen that happen in the, the Texas House and some of the committee meetings by people like Byron Cook before. The Sec- Board of Education process is very open, transparent, and that's the way it should be. Let's have the debate. Let's have the discussion. And then at the end of the day, let's take a vote. And, and you know, whoever has the most votes, that's what moves forward. And, but uh, but it, what's great about it, too, is someone like yourself who have seen these issues come up before. You were there in 2009 or 10, I believe, when the ACLU was telling people not to support language that included talking about the First Amendment of the Constitution. So they yeah. wanted te- they wanted students to learn about the phrase the separation of church and state, which you and I know is not in the Constitution. David Bradley Never was anywhere. was offering five hundred dollars to you know where is it in the Constitution? So we came up with language that says, okay, teach the kids to read the words of the First Amendment, and then compare and contrast that with the phrase of separation of church and state. I thought that was a pretty good way to kind of address the issue, and still. The ACLU and Texas Freedom Network, all these, you know, activist groups on the left said, no, we don't want to support that. And so a lot of people don't realize that. And and they've politicized this effort, too. We see that when their political director for Texas Freedom Network is up there testifying, saying, don't politicize this. Well, then why do you have your political director up there? I mean, it just is very clear what's going on. And a lot of times people don't see that. You see it because you've been through these battles before, like I said, 09 and 10, and then 2014, and now again 18. But this is the first time I've seen the governor, I'm not saying he hasn't, I just don't recall, tweet about some SBOE stuff. The governor tweeted support for keeping the Alamo, and and, and I think Travis's letter, definitely the Alamo. Oh, yes, he did. And then he tweeted about the Moses issue. <laughs> it was classic, considering the fact that he's the one that argued the case before the U.S. Supreme Court on Moses and the Ten Commandments. He did an incredible argument. That was the same year, I think, Kentucky was us, and Kentucky lost. Yep. And, they're the, and, and we were up there, Texas, under Attorney General then Greg Abbott, and he won that case. I think I've already asked it. I like to, He delineated, I think, like 80 to 100 times in the Supreme Court building where there's some, effort, some reference or artifact to Ten Commandments or Moses everywhere. You know, he, he did an incredible job, and I think it's something I need to get those lists of what he gave out, and it just uh, – it's an important list, but I, I'm shocked again. I'm shocked that people did not want kids. Uh, throughout the document, you hear talks about the first documents, primary sources. Well, the first, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, is a primary source. And uh, I'm surprised that things like biblical law, mosaic law, I'm surprised that just having the words, just having the words in our standards of that First Amendment, 
the phrase in Constitution, uh, why that insults them. That's in our Constitution. And you and I have discussed before, I have friends who have been to law school. You know, David Bradley first offered, actually it matched his offer. I, I mean, he said that, I even said, I tell you what, I'll give you $500 more if you can find separation church or state in the original Constitution, in the Declaration, in the Articles of Confederation. In fact, if you can even find it in the minutes that James Madison have, the minutes where they argued the First Amendment to write it, if you can find separation church or state. So we have $1,000 up right now between David Bradley and myself, which never has been taken, because it's just not there. Yeah, well, and this is from— It's not there. We're talking with Kim Mercer, the one of the members of the State Board of Education, about uh, a vote and so on a couple weeks ago. And, and this is coming from the groups that are telling people to teach the truth. So here's what—how ironic is yes. that? Here's, <laughs> uh, and I'm holding this up on Facebook. You can check out the tweet from Greg Abbott. Greg, Governor Greg Abbott said, Eliminating Moses as one of our lawgivers— is contrary to factual history and to SCOTUS precedent. That's the Supreme Court of the United States. I successfully defended the Ten Commandments on the Capitol grounds, arguing that they were formative to our laws. Moses and the Ten Commandments are in the SCOTUS building. So that's Greg Abbott tweeting a, a few weeks ago, a week and a half ago on this issue. And it's certainly great to have the support of our governor, Greg Abbott. And, you know, and to his point, and this is what I tweeted. If it's good enough for us to reference or give an acknowledgement to Moses in the U.S. Supreme Court building, surely it's good enough for Texas classrooms. There we go. There we go. So, but and it's but literally on the wall, it's literally on the wall, literally etched in stone, Moses in a Supreme Court building. So, so it's important for people to understand this issue's not over, though. Okay, um, in November there's going to be another round of testimony and a final vote on what's being taught in our public schools on social studies and history. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I will make one comment because you can back me up on this, I would imagine. There was an article that came out after all of this stuff was finished procedurally trying to make a big deal and highlight the fact that Hillary Clinton particularly, I mean, Helen Keller was on was Hillary. there too, that they were, they were recommended. This was the work-study group recommended that Hillary Clinton no longer be taught as a part of the standards in history and social studies. What I found fascinating, Mr. Mercer, was that in the entire week of being there, in all the stories that were written before that point, I never heard one mention of Hillary Clinton being recommended by the work-study group to not continue forward in our social studies and history standards. I never heard one Democrat raise their exactly. hand and say, this is concerning that the rec the work-study group is recommending that Hillary Clinton. So they never raised uh, a question about it. They never asked for an amendment to keep her in. So based on the work-study group's recommendation, she stayed out. And the because I heard Democrats, they asked for uh, an avowed socialist, Dolores Huerta. They were going to bat for her. Oh, we need to teach about her. You know, on the Mexican American Studies section yes, yes. earlier in the week, and they wanted the 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 term Latin X or Latin X, whatever, which is we found oh, out was yes, yes. was an LGBT word where it's instead of Latina or Latino, they put the X on there for someone who is gender nonconforming or whatever they consider themselves. It's a term that that LGBT groups are trying to push into the discussion and the agenda that got smoked out, if you will. 
and voted down. So they spent all this time on LGBT issue. They spent time on a socialist, Dolores Huerta. Not one time did anyone ever bring up a concern about Hillary Clinton no longer being in the stand. Did you hear anything about it? And that, that was a shock. I mean, after all we did, everything that we did about, you know, about American exceptionalism, about the Arab-Israeli conflict, about the Holocaust, about Travis Letter, everything you mentioned, the First Amendment, you know, Constitutional Republic, all those things we went in and argued about, and we won all those things. And we get a phone call from D.C. from the, uh, no, I'm sorry, from New York, and it was a, a reporter wanted to talk about Hillary, and it was, I mean, it was a non-issue. I mean, it's after, like you just mentioned, all the work we'd done a whole week, actually weeks before that, but that week of testimony and debate and issues and amendments that, and I thank God, not bragging, we won. We, as conservatives, won every issue, and then they brought up a non-issue, Hillary being, yeah. you know, we, we, had, we had people like uh, Washington, Lincoln. We had the first African-American president, Barack Obama. He's in there. So how does Hillary Clinton, you know, rate with those guys? Yeah, well, it, it was a strange thing. It, right? Well, and, you know, look, I mean, I, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, you know, the article has, I guess, gotten the attention that the author wanted it to get. But, I, you know, I don't know why she didn't write about that earlier in the week. It was almost as if she came, you know, she held it, whatever. I don't know what she did. My point not is... Not one testimony. Not well, one testimony not, no one, Hillary. When the Democrats had their opportunity and when people came to testify, it was if it says some people, they just didn't read through them or whatever the case may be. But when the Democrats had an opportunity to stand up for Hillary Clinton, so you got to wonder if maybe they were okay with her no longer being taught as well. I don't know what the case would be, but just very interesting. There was never an issue uh, until... The media tried to make a story out of it. So y'all come back in November. We'll put up the dates when when we get an idea of those details. But that's going to be very important. You can go to our website, txvalues.org, to find out more about that information. You can engage with Ken Mercer. Uh, if you go to the SBOE website, his contact information is there. Ken, we thank you so much for your leadership. It's so important for people to show up, particularly for our elected State Board of Education members to show up. And thank goodness you were there every time there was a vote, because we know it comes to these issues. We can count on you to stand for faith, family, and freedom. Well, thank you, Jonathan. And it's a blessing to always look around and see you and your team there to see you know, that's a, a tremendous strain for us to know that you're not just there. You guys are walking and praying, too. So it's a huge strain for us to, to know you're there because uh, oftentimes we feel outnumbered. But with Texas values, uh, we feel strong. So thank you. Well, amen to that. So thank you, Ken Mercer, for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you. Well, that was great to have Ken on. You know, he's been in the middle of all of these things and, and just been someone you can always rely on and trust on. And I'm just getting used to doing the Facebook Live. So I want to engage with the supporters here that are watching through our live stream on Facebook. I just got back from Washington, D.C., had some interesting meetings at the White House with Paul Teller, who's the special assistant uh, for our issues to the president and a number of other individuals that I cannot name that were a part of meetings at the White House that were very encouraging. And like I said earlier, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in Washington. I don't really like to travel like I used to. Anyway, my kids are young. I had to come back for uh, an American Heritage Girls meeting that I'm helping my daughter with. So I do try to keep my family first in those matters. But from time to time, we're up there to interact with folks that care about our issues. They care about what happens at the state level, and they see the impact that Texas can have and, and oftentimes that the federal government can have in a positive way to the issues we work on. So we want to make them aware of what we're dealing with here 
in our state and to give them some encouragement and to get encouragement from them as well. And so also Value Voter Summit is going on through Family Research Council. Nicole Hudgens continues to be up there uh, for that event. They've got some great speakers this weekend. Maybe you're up there right now. But that is, uh, they've got President Trump, Vice President Pence, Michelle Bachman, Benham Brothers, Ben Carson, a whole host of notable individuals that are putting on and part of a great conference there. And we continue to see things coming up. I may or may not be able to talk about this this week, but some local issues related to religious liberty that we see coming up and we see news stories about that are very important. If you want to support the work that we do, go to txvalues.org, txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today. We were the only group that I recall at the State Board of Education meeting that worked on our issues uh, I know you know a lot of people may not have realized there was more going on than just Alamo. We did, and that's one reason why we have an af- office just a couple of blocks from the Capitol. The State Board of Education meeting room, ironically enough, is in the William Travis building. They tried to, you know, some people, uh, this work study group recommended that we stop teaching about the Travis letter at the Alamo, and here we are in the Travis building discussing these issues, whatever. So that's about five or six blocks from our office. That's why we maintain an office close to where these things are happening so we can respond even if we get short notice. The only way we can continue to do that is if you donate to us at txvalues.org. Make your tax-deductible donation today. That's how we are able to continue to protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And I'm going to just get a time question of how I'm doing on time. I think I'm just about out for this week. But if you missed this broadcast live on our Facebook page, you can check back for a podcast link where you can hear more about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.